Good morning. How we doing? All righty. It's another hot day in Florida. <laughs> but it's a good day. That's true. That's absolutely right. So welcome to church. Glad that you came, live streamers. We want to welcome you. We're so happy that you found the time to join us and you made that decision and choice to join us. We believe that the word is alive and well here in this ministry. We believe that it's a word of faith that faith produces in our life. Faith brings us into a lifestyle that pleases our God and gives us the kingdom life. Amen. Amen. So let's go ahead and pray. Father God, we just thank you. We praise you, Lord God, for the day, for the time that we spend in, in your presence, Lord God. We believe what the word says, that we're two or three are gathered together. You certainly are in our midst. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are present to teach lead, guide us, to instruct us, and yes, even discipline us, Lord God, with the word, Father God. We thank you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. We're going to talk about standing, so if you need a title, um, my title is The Stand, because standing looks like something. Standing even feels like something. Standing is knowing something. If, if you're like tossed to and fro and you're so indecisive and you're you know it's one day you feel like yeah I got a hold of God I got a hold of his word and the next day you don't chances are you probably haven't really stood yet because standing requires some things and that's what we're going to look at this morning we're going to look in the word and see what the word says about standing and what standing really is, and what standing looks like, and even what standing does. Amen? All right, so we're going to start with the New King James, and we're going to do 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 6 through 11. Now, this is, this is the word talking to the church. It says, Therefore, humble yourself, under the mighty hand of God. You know, sometimes we don't want to come under the authority of the word, but you have to come under that authority. You must put yourself in a place not just to hear it, but then to actually receive that word and to have that word be the authority. Sometimes it's an authority, but we want the word to be the authority. Amen? That when the, the bottom line is, when all else fails, I know that I know the word, the word, the word will not fail. And I can hold fast to that word. It says that he may exalt you and lift you up, bring you out in due time. <laughs> Casting all your care upon him. This is what the Passion says about that. That when we cast our care on him, that is the care of the world. It's doubt, it's worry, it's fretting, it's anxiety. It could be disappointment, it could be discouragement. But the thing about it is all those things, if we don't watch it, it will lead us down a road and set us up with a lifestyle that we don't want, that's painful and sorrowful and come to rob us and, and take from us. And we don't want that kind of a lifestyle. But yet the Bible says you've got to cast your care. You have to cast your care upon him for he will care for you. Then it says in verse 8, you be sober and you be vigilant because your adversary, we have an enemy, we have an enemy, the devil. 
He walks about like a roaring lion, and he's seeking whom he may devour. The Bible says this, that when we, if we don't cast the care, the very cares that we won't cast, those are the things devouring our life. They're chomping and eating away and picking apart our life. And it doesn't happen all in one day. It's a little piece at a time, a little piece here, a little piece there. And pretty soon, you've got a life that's missing out on the things that God intended all along for us to have. We're believers walking in salvation, but yet we're not experiencing that salvation. We're not enjoying that salvation, and we're not knowing that salvation in whatever area that might be that you won't cast the care on him. You know, I've had to cast the care for health and healing. I've had to cast the care for relationships. I've had to cast the care for prosperity and increase. I've had to cast the care, you know, for a, a fully supplied, fully satisfied life. All these things that are part of my salvation, there's going to be a day. No one's exempt from this. There's going to be a day when you're going to have to decide about this scripture. Is it truth or isn't it truth? And do I even know that I can cast the care? I had a lady one time tell me, um, she's in heaven now, and I know she knows the truth now. I know she's like, oh, yeah, you're right. Heaven's not a big dumping ground. She told me that heaven must look awfully messy with all the cares that all the Christians have dumped on God. I said, he, I said, wait a minute. We're not dumping on God. There's not a big dump in heaven of all these prayers that had to be answered I said they're they're gone because they're finished they're answered they're finished they're done the answer came they're done God doesn't pile up and make a dump site of heaven today she knows that of course <laughs> she knows that yeah that wasn't the right thinking but that's what she tried to tell me there must be a huge dumping ground in heaven no no there's no dumping ground no, you can't prove that by the word. So it says, though, that we are, be, we are to be sober and vigilant. And the passion says it's to be a well-balanced, always alert, that we are to maintain and manage the life that's given to us. So as I grow in this life, as you're growing in this life, we're maintaining what I have received. I'm managing what I've received, knowing that I'm not going to walk away, so I'm going to continue to learn. I'm going to continue to grow. I'm going to continue to believe. I'm going to continue to receive, and those things I'm going to maintain. I'm going to manage, and it's building up, building up, building up this life in Christ that I've been given. It doesn't come all in one day. But it does come as we are sober, as we are vigilant, as we are well-balanced. I mean, I know we all know people that are goofy about the things of God. I mean, they can quote scripture and everything, but they're goofy when it comes to actually living the life that they say there is to be lived. They're goofy in their life. They're not settled. They're not, they're not stable. They don't have stability in their life. And that's not the life that Christ has given us, amen? It's not that life. So we don't want to be devoured. We want to be casting our care. We want to lead that well-balanced life. And it goes on to finish up, and it says, after um, he's seeking whom he may devour, this is what we have to do. We have to resist him. How do we do it? Steadfast. We do it steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. But let me say this to you. 
Yes, there are sufferings. I understand that. But the Bible says they are brief and they are slight. Now, when we're going through them, we think it's the most awful suffering there's ever been. Nobody has suffered like I have suffered. Nobody has seen. Nobody has seen the trouble that I've been in. But yet, yes, many, many, many. Everyone's going to see some suffering. Everyone's going to see some trouble. But it says we have to stand up. We got to hold fast. What are we holding on to? Are we holding on to just, I wish this would get better, I hope this gets better, or we are, are we going to really hold on to the Word of God? Because the Word of God, yes, you'll have a hope, but the Word of God will bring us into that place of believing. And once we believe, Mark 11, 23 and 24 says, then we can receive. You have to believe to receive. And you will have it. If we're trying to receive and then believe, if we're trying to see and then we'll believe, we've got the cart before the horse. A horse was made to pull the cart, not to push the cart. If we struggle, we have to stop ourselves and we have to look at how are we approaching this situation and this circumstance. You know, because there, let's not dress it up and say, there's no sorrow or pain in this life. There is. There is because we're in the world. We're just not of the world. We don't handle things like the world handles. We have a way to go through, to go over, to, to go around, however we're going to do this in the troubles and the trials. We have a way to do that, and the way is in the Word. So we've got to get on that Word, find out what that Word says, know that Word, Put that word in our heart. Let our heart be filled with that word so that when trouble comes, the word comes up in my mouth instead of the trouble and the circumstance and the situation. I, I cannot even tell you. We have a lot of Christian friends, and they love God, and they're decent people. I cannot tell you, though, if you give them, a, if you give them five seconds, they are rehearsing every trouble, everything that they've ever gone through, everything they're going through, everything they think they're going to go through. And if you let them talk long enough, they'll tell you what they think you're going to go through. And, and it's not right. It's wrong to, to, to live that way. This is not our life. Our life is to live free, and we're going to look at that. A life of liberty. There's a law of liberty for a life of liberty. And we have got to start our thinking down that road. And we have to be quick to recognize, wait a minute, that thought does not bring me liberty. That thought does not line up with the word of God that says... Cast my care, lead a well-balanced, have a well-balanced life. This is what it says about, <laughs> this is something. It says, resist him steadfast in the faith. When you look in other translations, especially the passion, the passion says it should be a decisive stand, which means a decisive stand is when you decide to stand, you got the goal in mind, and you can see it right here. Not here, but right here. I've got the goal in mind. I'm in the Word. I'm making my stand, and my goal is this Word works. This Word has my promise. This Word is going to see me through, and when I come out the other side, 
This word is going to be in practice. And I'm going to know that I know how I was delivered, who delivered, maybe not how, but who delivered me, who saved me, who was with me, and where I was during that time. Because I am, I just can't reiterate that enough. There are troubles, there are difficulties, there are things that come at us, things that come to us to destroy the life that God has already provided and given. It's a freely given life, but we have to take up with it. We have to. If we don't take up with it, guess what? It's probably not going to work for you, and we'll be the ones walking around going, that word didn't work this time. But yet the Bible says the word always works. Another thing that the Passion says about the faith, it's vigorous faith. It's healthy. It's strong. It's forceful faith. It's full of energy. You know, the world always talks about the energy, the energy, the energy. Well, faith has that. If I'm having a lack of energy, let me talk to myself about, Huellen, you're not there yet. You're not really in faith. You're not in faith. You're not on faith. You're not. And there's nothing wrong with that because I can get there. That does not concern me at all. It just doesn't because I know that I can get here because I'm under the authority of the word. If I'm under the authority, the Holy Spirit is going to have me to hear what I need to hear on time. On time, I'll be able to hear it. I'll be able to have some wisdom of the word and understanding of the word, and then I'm going to apply the word and walk in that revelation knowledge. And we're going to talk about walking because I'll be honest with you, Talking the word is awesome, but you've got to put some walk with the talk, and we're going to look at that in the word. I mean, I could talk to you all day long about things I know that's in the word, but I've got to walk those things if they are going to be life to me. I mean, we can discuss them. We can rejoice in them. But to actually have them take place in my life and your life, you're going to have to walk them. And we're going to look at that, about the walk. You've got to have a walk with the talk. We have to start talking, yes. We start talking. We start seeking God. We start looking to Him. But eventually, we are going to have to walk what we've talked. Or we're going to come short and we're going to think, What's wrong with me? What's wrong with God? What's wrong with this church? What's wrong with that pastor? What's wrong? With... But all the time, it's just because we just didn't put some walk with the talk. The talk was correct. The talk was right. Just got to do some walking with the talk. Amen? I'm telling you. Amen. Um, come with me to Colossians 1.23. We're just going to look at these things Remind ourselves, stir up these things on the inside of us and know that we know. It's wonderful to congregate together. The Bible says don't forsake it, but we should be taking something out. We should be taking something with us. Something should be stirred in us. Amen. 123.
it says, if indeed, it's talking about, he's talking to the church, the believers, about that he's preached Christ to them, they've received Christ, they've said yes to him, they've got this new way of life, and this is what he's saying to them. If indeed you continue in the faith, see, there's got to be a continuance, there's got to be a flow, a consistency, and that's on our part. If you continue in the faith and you're grounded and steadfast and you are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard, which was preached into every creature under heaven for, of which I, Paul, became a minister. So there's an if. There's a qualifying if. If you will stick with what you've heard, we've heard it, we're going to talk it, but we've got to have some walk. This is what other translations say about that. It says that you must maintain your position. You cannot shift or drift away. You have to constantly be tuned in. And I know it seems like, well, that is a lot of work, but it's, it's more work to be destroyed every day and everything that we try to put our hand to, everything that we try to believe, everything that we want to think, everything that we want to be involved in. It says you cannot be distracted or diverted. How many of us know people that have been diverted and distracted? It says you have to stick with what you've been taught and what you've heard. I see people that are in the Word all the time walk off from the Word. They believed it, they believed it, they believed it, and then something happens. I don't know if they grow tired of it, if they, I don't know what happens to them, but all of a sudden, the word isn't that important anymore. And pretty soon church isn't that important. And pretty soon prayer and reading the Bible and the things of God that is in the word to help us to come together and grow together, they're not involved in any of it. And yet they still love God. And yes, they're going to be in heaven with us. But they will be suffering here in this life. And there's no reason for that. I mean, I can't be adamant enough about that. There's no reason to have suffering pull us down and take us out in this life. We just read, it's brief and it's slight. Compared to the eternal life given to us, brief and slight. Temporal, temporary. And... If we knew this, then in those times of trials, that would be coming out of our mouth. This is brief. This is slight. This cannot last. It has no right to last. It has no authority to last. But if that's not coming out, then we have to be honest within ourselves. What are we giving ourselves to? The circumstance. If you're not having something rise up within you and then put in your mouth, you are not where you think you are. I mean, I have to deal with this with myself all the time. I have to weigh everything. Where are you, Hugh Ellen? Where are you in this? What are you thinking? What are you believing? Are you in agreement with this? This is what the Word says. I mean, Pastor Morgan and I constantly in business. I mean constantly. I have never had to work like we've had to work in the last few years in business, you know, because people are dishonest. They cheat. They lie. They have trouble. They don't take responsibility. I mean, there's just all kinds of things. They're stressed. But yet we know this. If he and I agree 
for that business. And we've dedicated that business to the Lord. I've told you this before. Years ago, he sat me down and said, we're dedicating the business to the Lord. We have not worked the business according to the word. Not that we were cheaters. We didn't hurt anybody. But, you know, if you're not working it according to the word, you're not working it according to the word. Get in the word. Find out some things about how to deal with people and business and affairs of life. And then get over on that side of righteousness and start operating that way. And so that's what we did. Well, it's not just about business. It's about anything in our life. Get in the word. Get on the word. Put that word in you. Sow your field. You're God's field. Sow that field. Have that field ready for a harvest so that when things come against you, you do have a harvest and it, and it can come right from here. You have to. We, the, the longer we entertain the troubles and the adversities that come, and the issues of life that come against us to rob us from the word, from being settled and stable and steadfast on the word, rooted and grounded on the word. We're talking the word. You know, we're not talking about any fly-by-night thing. This, the word is not going to go away. The word is not going to change. The word is not going to leave. So if I find myself, I'm not saying I have, I Thank you, Jesus. I've never gotten grown tired of the word. But to sit here and say, oh, I will, that will never happen to me. All I have to do is start shifting and drifting. And then it can happen to me. If I don't remain sober, if I don't remain vigilant, if I don't keep that well-balanced life, if I don't maintain it and manage it, how are you going to maintain and manage it? By the word and by the spirit, just like it came to me, just like I started out. I started out that way. I'm continuing this way. I don't care how old I get. I'm continuing in that same way, that same truth, having that same way of life. I want it. I'm seeking after it. I'm serious about it, and I'm, I'm diligent about it. Amen? I mean, that's, that's the attitude and the thinking we must have that I'm not going to spend all my time going, that didn't work, that didn't work, that didn't work. Oh, that didn't work. I'm going to say, that didn't work. Get back in the Word. Something, I missed something somewhere. I did something not right. Something happened. It was an attack. Something happened. I wasn't ready for the attack. I'm not saying that everything that happens to us is always our own, own doing. But it doesn't matter if it's my own doing or somebody else's or the enemy's. Whatever it is, I, I should be driven right back to the Word and say, hey, that didn't come out right. I didn't have the results that God said. And, you know, that takes honesty. Because <laughs> you can sweep it and go, oh, yeah, that was a blessing. That was good. But you know, you know, you really, up until you said that out your mouth, you drug around like, oh, my gosh, this is the most horrible thing ever. But yet you think you have to say, I'm blessed. Was that a blessing? You know, when I'm drug all over the place and pushed down and pushed back and shoved aside all the time and I'm in worry one day, fear the next day, doubt the next day, I wouldn't call that a blessing. I would not say I was right on top of things, okay? I mean, I'm just telling you. I'm being honest. That's not me on top of the situation. That's not me standing on the Word of God. Amen? Amen. So let's go to 1 Peter 1, <laughs> just like, and 
this is something I found this years ago. Years ago. I still meditate it. I still write my Bible about it. Anytime anyone comes to this scripture, I take notes furiously about it. Because I remember years ago when I saw this. And it just, you know, it lights up on the inside of you. You start, you start chewing on it. You start meditating it, pondering it. You start um, speaking it to yourself. Confession, confession starts coming. But it says this. Verse um, 6. Oh, let's see. 6 to, uh, let's go 6 to 8. No, 9. Let's just go 6 to 9. It says, in this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. It happens. You know, it happens. That the genuineness of your faith, the genuineness, the real, the reality of our faith. Uh, one translation says the proven character of your faith. I don't know who taught me that, but I've got it written on the sidelines. Somebody said that. That the proven character, and I did look it up to make sure, and yes, it's in other translations. The, and the Aramaic, it even says it. The proven character of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, it will be found to praise, to honor, and to glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now listen, let me, let me say this. You can take it or leave it, but I'm just going to say it. If in the midst of your situation, if you have to set God aside and you can't find any place that you can still praise him, for what he's done. You can't be appreciative for, okay, this time it seems like I'm not getting the promise. I'm not getting, you know, what I need, when I need it, what I need. If you can't praise God for who and what he's done, honor him for who he is and give him glory at the revelations that you have received, then I would say your faith is getting weak. It's getting shaky. Because no matter what, I've told God this many times, if all I have is a pinky that can move, I'm going to praise you, Lord. I've been on my face in the carpet before, not being able to get up. I still praised him. I never, I did not wallow in that thing. I knew it was not of him. I knew it was evil. I called it wicked, and I still praised him that I was going to get up from this place. This was not my place. It was not my lot in life. This was not mine to carry, not mine to bear. Anything that came up in me to, to speak against that, man, I started, and I just let it start rolling because, see, I'm in the Word, so I know the Word's going to come. I'm in the Word, and I'm not going to be pulled off of this Word. I don't know all the word, but I'm not going to be pulled off of what I know. And when it starts stirring and it starts coming up, I'm going to put it in my mouth and I'm going to start confessing it. And not just out there, I'm going to keep confessing it in here. I still confess this about my faith. Proven character of faith. Because faith does produce an action. Faith will bring action. Faith will bring the walk to us. Faith will walk. I mean, come on. Faith will. And that's what we've got to make sure that we have that stand. That we're standing and we're not lying and wallowing in whatever it is going on. That's not of God. 
Amen. Amen. Okay, so the revelation of Jesus Christ. You should be praising, honoring, glorying at that. Whom having not seen, you still love. Though now you do not see him yet believing. You don't have to see to believe. You can be believing without seeing. You know, sometimes the seeing comes like, it seems like a, a long stretch from the believing. And then sometimes the believing, it might be a short stretch. But it says you can believe. You rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. So you are full of joy on the inside and you do glorify God. You do glorify God. Receiving the end of your faith, and that, of course, is the salvation of your souls. Amen? Amen. So we have to remember, when we're talking about standing, we're talking about continuing, continuing down the path that we started on, knowing this is God's path, this is His way and His will for me and for you, and stay with it, stick with it. Don't be shifted. Don't drift. Don't. Don't be pulled away. Don't be distracted. Cast the care of whatever comes at you. I've cast so many cares over on the Lord, it's not even, it's ridiculous. I mean, so many. If it comes to me and I know it's not of God, I'm casting this care of it over on you, Lord. I'm casting the care because my aim is to stick with you, to stick with your word, to come under the authority of that word so I can walk out in the authority against this thing that's coming at me and standing against me. I mean... You know, the believer has a stand just like the enemy. Our stand is stronger than his. Our stand is eternal. His is not eternal. Actually, his stand is all about perversion and deception. It's not even stable. It's not even stable. Have you never stood on a chair that was not stable and it flipped you off or a leg broke off or something like that? Don't do that, okay? But, I mean, it happens. You, you're trying to stand on something, a ladder. I used to laugh about Pastor Morgan's ladders. I'd say, Pastor Morgan, you are, I didn't call him Pastor Morgan. I said, hon, you do not want to bring those ladders out onto a job. Who is going to step on that ladder? I mean, the legs are different. There are a couple rungs are missing. I mean, you're kidding me. No, one is gonna, no one's going to use that ladder. He goes, you'd be surprised what they use out there. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's not right. So we don't want our faith to be like that. We don't want to be unstable in any of our ways. None. I don't have to be unstable in any of my ways, and neither do you, if you're in the Word and I'm in the Word. And we are sold out to that word. And we understand, no, I'm, I'm being sober when it comes to this word. I'm going to recognize what's God, what's not of God, put, put out what's not of God, and keep what is God, and keep going. I'm going to see the end. I, I purpose to see the end. I purpose to have God's will. I purpose to have the promise. I purpose to finish exactly what he told me to do and to obey him, which we're going to look at that next. But I purposed that, so therefore that's where I'm headed. And I will not be shifted. I will not be pulled off. And I don't know if you know this, but sometimes I even believe, <laughs> I believe that if I am being pulled off and I don't recognize the pulling, that 
somewhere in this ministry because, see, we're all hearing the same thing in this ministry. I don't say that for just any old person coming to me. But in this ministry, my brethren that I'm connected to, my family, that's y'all, the family of God. Someone will say something and show me, ooh, you kind of, kind of shifted there you kind of you're not as stable as on that truth that you thought you were I mean it happens to me and I'm glad for it I appreciate the word of the Lord amen amen uh, James 125 oh we're right there and I'm gonna I'm gonna give you some different translations so if you just want to look in different translations you will find this too but James 1:25 says this because remember we this is to the church this is to us this is to the ones who are coming in so that we continue to be believers we continue to constantly tune in and receive what God wants us to receive so we can go out and and be present bring his presence into this world amen Amen. 125 says this, But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and will continue in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer, a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. I want to share something with you. We've got to become a doer of that which we believe. It's all good to believe it, to think about believing, to say that we believe, but we've got to get to the becoming of the doing of what we believe. If simple, simple, simple thing, that, and I've done this, it's not pretty, sometimes it's embarrassing, but I'm still doing it and I will continue to do it. When my health is not where it should be, whatever that might be, my health, I will come into the presence of the corporate anointing if it's something horrible okay shut me in a back room somewhere as long as I'm in the presence of the corporate anointing you don't want to look at me fine but don't tell me to stay home because if I if I could get past it staying at home I'd get past it and I'd be up and we wouldn't even have this conversation but I'm going to be brought into the corporate anointing. If it, depression ever comes on me, I'm going to be brought into the corporate anointing. Pastor Morgan's already been told, no holes barred. Yes, bring me to the corporate anointing. If I haven't gotten up myself and I don't want to come, I'm in trouble already. Yeah. I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. Either I've stopped believing, I've lost hope, I'm prize rising up I don't know what it would be but whatever it is if I don't want to be assembled if I don't want to give myself to that corporate anointing I'm in trouble I'm in trouble and it doesn't have to be health it could be anything anything I want to hide anything that I want to keep to myself anything that I don't want to come and believe God to hear the truth for my situation so I can start taking on that truth because obviously I don't have that truth or I wouldn't be in the mess. Amen? Do you get that? Okay. I'm sorry. Did I yell a little bit? I raised my voice? I'm sorry. I get excited because I've experienced it, and I know it's awesome. Free, 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 and delivered. Amen. 
Okay, so it says we've got to become a doer. We cannot be that forgetful hearer. And this is what it says. It's the one who will make a habit of looking into God's law, into God's mirror, and then put it into practice. That's the one who will win and find true happiness. See, we're looking for happy, but it's still within the word. You're not going to get it without the word. I wish there was a happy store, some place you could buy happy. There's no such place. No such place. It says that you will be blessed in the life of obedience. It's in the doing of what you believe. That's when the blessing comes. We have to, you know, we can't say, if I was just blessed, if I just knew that I knew that. No, no. As soon as you begin to do, you will know. Pastor Newton and I have talked about this hundreds of times. You can't wait to feel it. You can't wait. You have to do it and then you'll experience it. Amen. The blessing, the blessed life of obedience. It says, here's a good one. Another translation says, this is a good one. So many people don't feel good about themselves. So many people have a poor image of themselves. But yet the Bible says in this scripture, you can find affirmation and delight by doing. <coughs> Excuse me. Sometimes we think, well, if it would come to pass in my life, then I could do something and I would feel that affirmation. No, 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 no. In the doing, the very putting your hand to it, that will be affirmation that will come and delight you like I can't even describe to you. You have to, you have to, you know, you have to um, experience that delight and that affirmation. Another one says that we actually do what the word says and what we're saying that the word says. You know, I'm, I'm confessing that word. I'm believing that word. I can discuss that word. I can talk that word. I can share that word. I can witness to that word. Then I have to be doing that which I'm sharing, witnessing, talking, confessing. Honestly, it's the walk. The walk, the walk, the walk. It's the walk that will produce. The walk that will bring God so close that you can't doubt that, yes, the word worked. There's things that's happened already in my life, and many more will happen good, I know. But things that are good already, that there is no way you could come to me and tell me that really wasn't God. That was this or that or the other. Oh, no. I, I've had delight. I've had affirmation. I've experienced the presence of God within the corporate anointing. I've experienced his presence within my time of prayer and then sitting quiet. I was so happy when they taught me about that because you know what? I used to think that prayer was just about way back when, but anyway, it was only about I go to God, I do all the talking, and then I'm done, and let's go on about our business. And I remember being taught, you know, Truly, after you go to God and after you have prayed, you should have some time, sit quiet with no distractions, and see if the Holy Spirit won't speak on the inside of you. Wow, am I glad someone taught that, because I did not have that on my own. I didn't. I didn't catch that on my own. That was sitting in a ministry that would stand up and, you know, rightfully talk about the word and teach and preach the word amen 
Ooh, I've got to get going. So we want to think about the talk and the walk. We want to think about believing and then seeing. Believing and then having. Believing and then, and you know, you know. It, you prove it, you prove it. You know, once faith takes hold and once we have the promise, how is someone going to take that from you? How is someone going to take that from me? I know that I know I stood with God. I stood in him, I stood on him, and I took this word, and I would not let that word go. And it didn't matter what was coming at me, what was coming up behind me, what was coming from the side. It just didn't matter because things do come. I mean, you know, people, they try to be they try to be nice. They try to help you out. But sometimes they don't really speak just right on truth. But it doesn't matter to you. And you're not mad. You're not offended. Nothing. It's almost like you didn't even hear it. I mean, you heard it. You saw them. But you're just going right on down that road. Amen. Amen. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Um, let me give you these couple scriptures. There's Psalm 33:11, and there's Proverbs 19:21. They both say the same thing: that the counsel or the word of God stands forever. So if you want to find yourself standing, you gotta be on the word. This ground that we're sitting on right now, we're not sitting outside on mushy ground. We got solid ground. The chairs are, you know, you don't have to be concerned these chairs are going to fall down with you. They're on solid ground. I'm standing on solid ground. This podium's standing on solid ground. All of these things you see are on solid ground. We're, we're not going to have to worry today about, oh, my gosh, all the flowers are going to fall off. All the chairs are going to tip over. No, they're on solid ground. And that's what standing's about. Get yourself on the solid ground, which is the Word. And by the Holy Spirit living and dwelling on the inside of you, He will take that Word that you are receiving and bringing to yourself, putting in your spirit. He's there in your spirit to teach and lead and guide and instruct and correct us, disciplining us. He's there. We don't have to wait for years. He's right there. I can get a correction and go right on and be fine. I'm good. I've got corrected now. I'm going to turn around what I've, my part in it. I'm going to repent of it, whatever I need to do. I'm going to go right on. I'm going to be fine. You're going to be fine. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Um, Psalm 145, 17, let's read that, because this is good. Psalm 145. Hmm. 145, verse 17, and this is what it says. This is a good psalm anyway, but I want to read about what it says, um, verse 17. It says, the Lord is righteous in all of his ways. He's gracious in all of his works. That, that actually says he's kind, he's merciful. He is righteous. He's upright. He's blameless. He's always, always, always on the mark. Always. We don't have to be concerned about, I hope God gets himself straightened around here and he sees my problem and, you know, he helps me out. No, no, no. He's right there, willing. He's right there, ready ready, willing, able, ready, willing, able, 
He does it by his word and by his spirit. He's given us both. The word is not being withheld from us. The spirit is living within us. We can overcome. We can overtake. We can be the ones in authority. We can be the ones to manage and maintain this precious, glorious life that he has given us. It is an awesome, awesome life. It's a rich life. So full of riches. The world is never going to know these riches until they say yes to him and get discipled. They won't know the riches. Believers that won't allow themselves to be discipled. They'll never know the real true riches that he's got for them, that he's given them in the life that they said yes, when they said yes to him. Because, you know, that's the whole thing. This is another thing I just have to say real quick. When, when Pastor Morgan and I first got saved and born again, I remember the church that we were in, they made it very clear, it is good, you're saved, you're born again, heaven's your home, you've got that locked down, that's good, but you've got to be discipled, because if you don't, this is how they used to say it, you're just walking around with a bullseye on your back, you're just letting the devil know, here I am, yeah, you have none, I'm, you don't, because you're still ignorant of truth. You're not ignorant of heaven because you know you're going to be there. But we want to be discipled, amen? We want to be discipled. We thank God for a place to come to be discipled, to be grown, hallelujah. Awesome. You just can't beat it, amen? Amen. You know, God is faithful. He's always faithful. He never runs out of faithful. He'll, he says he'll be faithful even when we're, when we're not faithful because that's that ready, that ableness, and that willingness that he has. That's who he is. He loved us. He created us. He lost us. He went and got us back. Praise God. And he's still the same God. He's faithful. He's merciful when we need mercy. He's ready. And he wants to help. Amen. Amen. Father God, we thank you. We praise you, Father, for these days. We are the church that will rejoice in these days. We are the church that is full of your glory, Lord God. That we rise up, Father God. We open our heart to you. We open our mouth, Father. And we thank you. We praise you. We honor you, Lord God. We are reverent towards you, Father God. We know that you are the God of all creation. We know that you are a wonderful and a kind, compassionate, loving, heavenly Father. We thank you, Lord God, for the work, Father, of your Son, Jesus. We thank you, Lord God, for the word that's been given. We thank you for the Holy Spirit that's already been sent, Father God, that he's in the believer, in the earth, Lord. Oh, we thank you, Lord God. We thank you. We are so grateful, so appreciative, Lord God. So grateful, so appreciative. Woo, hallelujah, hallelujah. And Father, giving and receiving is your plan for us. Increase is your plan for us. It's never decrease, it's only increase. We thank you, Lord God, that we can have a life of obedience concerning giving and receiving, concerning tithes and offerings, sowing and reaping, Lord God. 
We thank you, Father, in these days that we worship you in these acts. They're righteous acts. They're, they're godly acts. They're holy acts, Lord, and we don't, we don't take them lightly, Lord. We thank you for it. We praise you for it. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. If you need an envelope, it should be in the chair in front of you or raise your hand. Ushers will serve you. Uh, live streamers, you can go to newlifefamilyworship.net. There's a giving link. We will be glad to receive your offering and your seed. Um, we pray over it all of the time, every day. We believe God for a, a righteous, holy increase one that is used correctly, Lord, one that's used, Father God, in the, in the stewardship that you would give us. So live streamers, that's where we stand on our giving and our receiving, our tithing and offering on our seed. It will produce in Jesus' name. Amen.